Hoosier United Methodist Podcast, episode number one. As I've traveled the country and I've been from New York to Washington, uh, I've seen more islands of hope in the last three to five years than I've ever seen in my life. That is, congregations that are getting it, people that are getting it, uh, and when you get it, when you get it right by your mission field, when you're compelling and competent at your congregation and personally, you can't, what I've watched is you can't stop people from coming in. This is Todd Alcow, lead pastor at the Calvary United Methodist Church in Brownsburg, author of 30 books, including the upcoming title, The Other Jesus. You are listening to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. Welcome to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes that a strong connection in the United Methodist Church is essential to achieving the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The Hoosier United Methodist Podcast will help you and your church connect with key insights, hear inspiring stories, and learn from successful pastors and people making a difference in United Methodist Churches in Indiana. And now, here's Brad. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. I'm so glad you decided to join us today for this, our first interview program that we've had on the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. We sometimes like to call it the hump. Now, in my life, I've managed to have a lot of fun in my ministry of over 30 years now, and and one of the things I've really had some fun with recently is acting as a coach for the 100 Points of Light program initiated at annual conference in May by Bishop Coiner under the uh, catalyst of Reverend Bob Farr, who was our keynote speaker, and he was our, and he is our uh, our special guest today on the Hoosier United Methodist podcast. And one of the things in my coaching, though, I've been really impressed about is is the churches I've been working with are really, really working hard at this. They're taking seriously the opportunity to reach out to their communities in some creative ways. We've got some uh, worship services that are uh, some new worship opportunities that are being created that are happening, uh, kind of a coffeehouse style worship. Uh, one of our churches is working on a worship event to take place in a microbrewery. I think that's uh, interesting. Uh, a couple of our churches are working on after school type programs to meet the needs of children and youth in their communities, one particularly close to a, a local school. And it's encouraging to see how we can worship and do other ministries in places that take place apart from our traditional Sunday morning worship time or our sanctuaries and in creative places and creative times and creative ways and taking opportunities to try something new, to stretch ourselves, to think, to act as missionaries in our time and in our communities. And I think it's so crucial to think missional, to think as missionaries. This podcast is all about strengthening the local church by demonstrating the connection is a powerful force, that the connection can be used for good both within our churches and within our within our communities. To do that, to achieve the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Our key Bible verse that we work with each week is Ecclesiastes 4.12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Here in the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast, it's all about working together in partnership, both within the church and with the community, 
such as the teachers of our schools or our local elected officials or people in the health care systems, things like that that we can work with to connect to the community. It's all about a part of shining the light of Christ to our communities as missionaries. Now, Bob Farr was our keynote address at our annual conference this year, and that's really what he focused in on, was uh, shining a light into those connections that we can make as missional pastors, as missional churches. And I had the privilege to talk to him about, about the books that he has that have come out, the book that he has upcoming soon, and about his speech, his talk to us, particularly about being missional, missional pastors, missional churches, missional lay people in a world that desperately needs Jesus Christ. And one of Bob's uh, one of Bob's books that's been really important to me, and I've worked with it quite a bit recently in some of my coaching work we've been working on for the 100 Points of Light, is the book called Renovate or Die, subtitled 10 Ways to Focus Your Church on Mission. So he's our guest today. Now, it's not lost on me that it's a bit ironic that the first interview that we have on a program called the Hoosier United Methodist is a guy from Missouri. Now, there's a reason for that. I think there's a good reason. Bob Farr was brought to our annual conference to be our keynote speaker. He is the Director of Congregational Excellence of the Missouri Annual Conference. And he comes to us uh, with a real passion for the church. And he was asked to come to light a fire under us, basically. And he gave us also a bit of a jolt of reality. He brought with us a very direct message of the seriousness of our current reality in the church, which isn't really that good, to be quite frank with you. And he gave us direct and sometimes humorous, very sobering, and also emotional, the powerful points that we need to be enacting right now in our churches. Yes, he may be a pastor from Missouri, but I certainly know that his message is applicable in our state and that the responses that we had to his message was immediate. And it is being applied right now. And it's the 100 Points of Light program. And we actually had well over 200 churches agree to become a part of the 100 Points of Light program, which is all about creating new faith communities in our state. So it was my privilege to talk to Bob at annual conference this year. And here now is my conversation with Reverend Bob Farr. The Reverend uh, Bob Farr, who's on the staff on the staff of the Missouri Annual Conference, and he's as position of the Director of Congregational Excellence, and he's had several books out, uh, including uh, "Give Your Name," "Say Your Name," "Say the Name," and he's got an upcoming book about prescriptions for the church moving forward for growth. And Bob, we're glad you're with us. Thank you for an excellent keynote today. Tell us just a little bit more about yourself. How you got in this position of promoting excellence in the United Methodist Church? I got in this position mainly because I've got 36 years of experience of growing churches. Uh, planted two churches in Missouri um, back in the 90s when nobody was planting churches, and they were became very young, diverse congregations of five, 600 people each, and um, moved on to St. Louis and transformed a congregation that had been stagnant and declining for um, probably 10 years. It was a new church plant back in the early 70s and saw phenomenal fruit there of going from four or 500 
hundred and worship a Sunday to a thousand, twelve hundred worship a Sunday. So I and all along that way I had a reputation of always done a little bit of consulting and teaching and talking to folks and basically brought it into it from superintendents and bishops to say, Hey, you gotta come teach some other pastors to do what you know how to do and that's really how I got into it and in the last eight years traveled around the country trying to motivate us, teach, do workshops, uh, anything I can do to help refocus our attention on to bringing people to Jesus Christ rather than just playing church. And that's been our that's been my deal and the two books have come out of that and what you said about just playing church is really part of what you are challenging people to be about uh, the provocative nature of, of renovate or die that kind of says it right there and then your, your latest book about say the name about focusing on, on Jesus and about that tell us a little bit about those two books and then a little bit about what you shared here today uh, well just focus on the kind of the message of those two books and then I'm going to get into kind of what we focus on here today okay uh, the renovate or die was my first one it really was trying to lay out the ten principles I believe that apply uh, to both pastors and laity of churches if you want to transform your congregations and so I, I truly believe my father was a renovator he was a fireman by trade so he had uh, swing shift he had empty days and nothing to do and so he remodeled old houses that's what he did for fun he didn't do fun well he worked hard and so I, if I wanted to have a relationship with my dad I had to learn to renovate things and so in some sense that's where the church is at I mean we are we uh, we can't plant our way. I've planted churches. I'm a big proponent of planting new churches. But here's what I learned in planting churches: we can't plant our way out of this. Mm. We've got so many units. It takes both renovation and planting. Isn't it takes it? both. It takes. And so if you're only planting, you can't plant fast enough because we're closing them faster, way faster than we are planting churches. And the cost is astronomical. Numbers alone don't work, do they? Numbers alone, net, they do not pan out. We will sink if if we just say to all of our existing congregations. I'm so sorry. Hope you make it. Don't uh, and just hold their hand. We cannot catch up with it by planting new churches. So, uh, in the renovation book is all about. So, how, okay, how do we do this? You know, if a church wants to make a change, how might do? It? So there are ten basic principles in it that apply to pastor and laity. Of I, I truly believe these ten things have got to. You got to start working these ten things. Um, they're not sequential, but it, if you don't, it's very unlikely. And it's like renovation. This is not, um, I make the distinction in the book between renovation and redecoration. Mm. In fact, a friend here in redecoration is kind of surface level. Renovation, yeah. you've got to tear out some walls, you got to get sure, some stuff done. Uh, one of your friends here in this conference I've become good friends with, a clergy, invited me over to his house one day. We'd done a consult together. He said, hey, I want to show you my new my house. We renovated it. And I had been in the house before, and we went in. He showed me the redecoration of this, new carpet, new floor, new cabinets, and this. And when he got all done, I said, well, where's the renovation? He goes, well, I just showed it all to you. I said, no, you didn't. You showed me a redecoration. You didn't move any walls. You didn't add on. You didn't actually change the structure. You didn't change. You couldn't tell from the outside anything was changed. It was prettier. It was renovate, you really got to knock a hole in the wall, don't you? When renovate, when you renovate, you got you have to redo things. You, you knock, knock a hole in the wall. And when you do, when you tear off that wall of sheetrock or whatever, what I learned with my dad, you never know what you're going to find. Because in most of our churches, the actual structural timber are not well together. And in many of our churches, just to, to play out the analogy, we're talking about 100, 150-year-old structures. That's where you, you find some well, pretty creepy stuff back in there. I don't even know how many churches I've gone into and I ask, so how does someone at this church get from being new to being an authentic follower of Jesus Christ? And what I get is starry eyes and gazes. Well, I don't know. 
Well, that's like opening up a wall of sheetrock thinking there's electricity back there that goes to that switch, and you realize nothing. there's nothing there. Oh, my gosh. i got to track that all the way back. How do we fix this? And there's not an obvious. Yeah. Those are not easy, obvious answers. You know, redecoration is take, I did take the cabinet off the wall, put the exact same cabinet, new version on the wall. That's like saying, if we just get two or three new programs, it'll yeah. all be okay. And our churches really cannot wait for our one redecoration, one coat of paint on top of another is not working. So, and part of that has to be the process of a refocus, reconnection with Jesus, which I believe is the focus of your of your next we, book. Yeah, we have lost the, the title. Which is say the name? Well, get their name. Get the their title name. of that is to help us know two things. You have, you're going to have to reconnect with your own desire, your own passion about Jesus Christ in order to give it away to somebody else. And we have lost that. In our, I don't know that we've had it in the last hundred years. Right. I don't even know if it's in our collective memory. Uh, if you talk to a Baptist, the Baptist church is failing as fast as we are, mm-hmm. that they have a theological basis that says, oh my gosh, we should do something. My neighbor is going to hell. Mm-hmm. Not a Methodist when you puzzle that to them, go, I don't think my neighbor's going to hell. I think my neighbor are really nice people, and I wouldn't want to offend them with my my religious thoughts, and that's why I just don't say anything. We don't even have a premise. I'm not saying that ought to be our premise, but we should have some, some premise that says it's important to have Jesus Christ in your life. And it's about that building that personal relationship, relationship evangelism. We're starting over. We're not, we don't even start with a theology that says, I should be concerned. Right, so we do start with our original Wesleyan theology, but it's a reconnect that we have not done well. That's not in our collective memory, though. But it's not in our collective memory. You're right. But, but if, we, if we go back to our Wesleyan roots, which is my talk, which is what we're, we're doing. Yeah, we're, we're going to go way back to John or Francis, who went back. They had the same problem. That's what they faced with. Yeah. They faced, they were facing what, with the Church of England, and Wesley's greatest fear was this, that we'd become a dead sect. Yeah. He, he, his, he actually writes this, that my greatest fear of the people called Methodists is we'd have the outer form of religion and no inner substance. That's kind of scary, isn't it? He wrote that 150 years ago. Well, guess what? It came through. Here it is. The bad part of that has come to fruition, and now we got to re. We got to re. We got to do what Wesley did because Wesley looked at his church in his day and said the same thing. Oh my gosh, the Church of England has the outer forms of religion, but no inner substance of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And so, we're going to go go back. Part of what we're doing here, what you're advocating, is kind of go back to the future, as it were, reconnecting with our Wesley roots, which is, of course, about a reconnection with Jesus, which is about making relationships with other people. To draw them to Christ through relationships, not so common. What I don't want folks to confuse, and we confuse it all the time, is there's a difference between mission and model. Okay, tell us more. Uh, and I'll do that in the new book. Is a lot of times we are very attached to the model. So if I go back and say, well, we got to do what Charles and John Wesley did. Well, friends, that's standing out in the street corner on a box with my robe on, my hat, and preaching to the field. I don't know that that that's a model. I don't know that that's going to work today. Well, that might have been effective. What? So the, I'm not advocating an old model. Right. I'm advocating to reconnect with the mission, mm-hmm. the original mission.
vision that John had. And that's part of what you talk about today yeah. was in our keynote presentation about missional church, right. missional pastors, and building momentum. That's correct. So take us there a little bit about at least, at least those three concepts of your talk today. Well, a missional pastor is that most of us are trained to be chaplains mm-hmm. and, and, sh- and shepherds. That is, I'm going to take care of my flock. And that chaplain is just kind of holding the hand of those folks who are going away. Right, folks we already got. And, and there's a role for that. I'm not saying we don't need to take care of our folks, but that's not missional. That's chaplain work. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm a certified chaplain in the United Methodist Church. I know what chaplain work is. It's, it's, it's a good calling. But that's not where we're at. And there was a time I suppose that was fine. We need missionaries. We need our pastors to understand if you're signing up for work today, you're signing up. You might as well be going to China. It's to come to America. We need you to be a missionary. And we have to get a handle that the mission field is right, right in our communities where way over half the people aren't going to way, anybody's church. Way over half. I mean, it's, 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 it's nearing 80%. Right. I mean, we're just, we're on a mission field. And a lot of our churches seem to have the thinking that that's just simply not the case. They, that we, we know who we know who we know and they're church people, right. but we don't have a true connection to that 80% or so people that they actually, in many cases, are going to school with and working with, but somehow don't make the leap. We didn't even talk about yeah. it. Yeah, and that's what you're talking about, being missional churches, isn't it? That's right. Absolutely. Being missional, and being missional in your lives. You know, it's taking, it's taking God into everyday, ordinary days of our lives and looking for opportunities to be missional rather than here's my secular life, there's my church world, and the two don't cross. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's taking God. I, I love uh, Bill Hybels preached the thing years ago. I've never forgotten it about taking God into the everyday, ordinary days of your life. How do you do that? And this is about, that's what we got to do. And usually the everyday, ordinary lives of a clergy person, at least, is not in the church office. Well, it, it's got to be. Right now, it is in the church office. Well, I mean, problem. in terms of being effective and getting on to the next right. point, I want to get to about building momentum. That's You're not going to build or create momentum generally in your church office yeah. waiting for people to come to you. Same thing with the church folks. you got to go get them. Yeah. And I'm trying to get about the building momentum piece. How we, give us like one strategy that's been effective to go create momentum. Well, I think part of creating, one is you got to preach your way there. Okay. I mean, one of the things that pastors need to, if you're going to be an effective missionary, you got to learn to preach well. And that preaches, we didn't even get to that today. It's got to be applicational. It's got to be motivational. you got to preach our way there. That's part of it. Secondly is you are the primary evangelist, you the pastor, is you start to pick up people individually and bring to the congregation, the congregation and, and tell the, stories about it. And the model of that is not just talking about it, it is actually mm-hmm. bringing a person with you to yeah. an yeah. event or to invite them out well, to dinner or whatever it is. And even preaching about it. So if I if I told you a story today, meeting a gal in the, maybe I told her last night, meeting a gal in the gas station on the way to here and talking, having a conversation, saw an opportunity, had a conversation. Well, the next thing I do is I turn around and talk about it. Well, that helps the congregation to go, oh, yeah. Well, I could do that. And so you start to put a face on that. Right, right. I didn't even say I brought her. I didn't do anything. I just had the conversation. You know, that's so I could bless that woman today and, and do that. And I also tell stories of when that worked and I got turned off. I got rejected. And we'll tell that story. What I want our pastors to do is start experiencing it and then tell your experience. That gives permission to the congregation to do it. Right now, they don't even feel like they got permission to make no, a mistake. No, they don't have permission. They don't have training in many cases. They don't have the equipment or the tools to do it. And they're 
why they don't feel any confidence. The, the truth is, I wrote get their name. But I'm not a book writer. I hate writing books. No. So I wrote that because a lay person who was 79 years old at Faith Church in St. Charles, Missouri, said came up after one of my deals and said, "Now, Reverend, I've been in church all my life, and you people have pulled the rug out from underneath us." And I'm like, "What?" He said, "I've gone all my life. Nobody's ever told us we had to be missionaries. I'm 79. Now you're telling me I got to go out there and act like a Baptist?" Oh, he says, I, I'm not going to do that. Is this like that? You haven't trained me. I don't know how to do that. Nobody's given me any training on how to do evangelism. He made good points. Is, is he? He I'm made. Sorry. And I looked at him and I thought to myself, well, he's right. To him, it felt like we were suddenly pulling the rug out from him. We, we trained him to be church members. And now I've come along saying, oh, that ain't working. Yeah. you got to go be a missionary. He's like, how? And then people push back on that sometimes right. because they have not been trained. And that, that's not the part the of our DNA. I, I don't, so he just said, how am I supposed to do that? Well, I, I lost sleep over that, and I thought, okay, then I need to write something that helps people find a middle way to start doing evangelism without feeling like it was weird. Yeah. Because that's the biggest complaint I get. That looks weird to me. I'm not doing it. Well, people seem to have an image of somebody with a giant Bible with lots of oh, ribbons and oh. the door-to-door knocking, that kind of thing. And that's well, not what we're talking about. That is not what we're talking what about. What you're talking about is building some ways of doing this, prescriptions, if you will, moving forward. Personally. Yeah, personal prescriptions and things like this how we do this. And we, of course, got Faithful Congregation's Journey where we work on prescriptions. Analysis most of the, those prescriptions are just trying to get, giving you details of how to get out in that community. That's right. So tell us a little bit about how that's kind of compressed. You've got another, another book coming out in mm-hmm. a year or so about prescriptions. Well, that can be possibly help us build this momentum, I believe. I think what will help is people have pushed, uh, Abington has pushed us to say, we're, we can't have a consultant in every church. There's not time. Right. So could you produce a book that had the most common prescriptions that churches actually need to enact that an individual church could pick up with a workbook and say, okay, we're going to work our way through this ourselves with maybe just a little bit of help. Yeah. And and so that's really what's pushing this new book is that you, can, you, Brad, can buy it. You can read it and go, you know what? I think our church needs to do a couple of these. Here's a workbook of how to make it work, and we can just do it on our own because many, many churches can't afford about far to come and help them. Well, plus we simply don't have the time and we or the resources to do it, and many of those churches have already gone too far down the bell curve, uh, and we're talking about close to crisis moments, uh, and we are at crisis, and we have to uh, get as much resources out there in mass quantities as we can, and as part of what we have here today, we have the 100 Points of Light, which the bishop enacted today with under your uh, uh, leadership as well, to try to get start something new. There are 100 churches at least that committed to say, we're going to strike a, a coffee house ministry, a neighborhood deal, whatever it is, to try something. And that's part of what you're talking about. Try something, anything, even if it fails, in order to get some momentum built. I had a planter stand up at uh, some event in Missouri. Oh, it was the National Planters uh, Supervisory Meeting. There was like 60 of us there. Somebody said, well, what's the greatest gift the Missouri Conference gave you as a new planter? And she stood up and said, Bob just says one thing to us. Try something. Just try something. And he doesn't even get after his fails. He 
just said, okay, that didn't work. Try another one. And that's just, hey, learn how to fail fast, right? Fail fast. Fail and so forward, to, fail fast. And, and, and part of the prescription piece, and to kind of go with that kind of a medical analogy, the people get in real trouble or people let their disease go on for years oh. and years and years. And you know, we have let our disease go on too far to the point of sick unto death. Absolutely. So that's where we're at. So we have but, to prescribe. We have to diagnose and prescribe and apply. That's correct. We've got to do it. So, Bob, you have the, the, we have said that the mission of the United Methodist Church is making disciples of Jesus Christ with the transformation of the world. That's the theme of this podcast. I'll leave everybody with this question. How are we doing with that question? I think um, I think we're at a near state of crisis with that question. I think, let me put it this way, I think the river we're in of sickness and unhealth is deeper and wider than I ever imagined. On the other hand, as I've traveled the country and I've been from New York to Washington, uh, I've seen more islands of hope in the last three to five years than I've ever seen in my life. That is, congregations that are getting it, people that are getting it, uh, and when you get it, when you get it right by your mission field, when you're compelling and confident at your congregation and personally, you can't, what I've watched is you can't stop people from coming in. Well, the hunger is there. The hunger is there. The hunger is definitely no, there. It just, the streams, church has not responded. to these streams going at the same time. Yeah, we're at near So that's crisis. the point of hope, then. I think it's a near crisis, but we've got, we've got people, we do have people, you have people in this conference who are getting it and trying stuff and getting success. So, yeah, I think uh, somebody asked me, do you think there'll be a United Methodist Church? I do. I don't think it's going to look like the one we see today. Well, just numbers alone says it has to change dramatically in some form or another. It's going to. Oh, it has. It's going with to. With conference murders and all kinds of different ways we church is like Somebody that. says, are you worried about general conference? Not at all. No. Not. Here's what. They cannot decide a freaking things. I've been there. It doesn't even matter. No. Here's the deal. They're going to change. They're either going to get a hold of it and make decisions strategically, or it's going to happen to them. Well, so far, we've voted to just let it happen to us. Yeah. But here's the deal. Either way, it's changing. Yeah. Well, we don't get to vote on change. Yes, no, we do not. That's right. So, so tell us a little bit, if, uh, just one more thing, in terms okay. of if people want to connect with you, a website, or a way to connect with you, or learn more about your resources, okay. how can people do that? Um, basically, email us, Bob Farr. It's bfarr at mou-methodist.org. Uh, um, you could call the Missouri Conference Office and get a hold of my administrative assistant. She could do that. There is a website, thehealthychurchinitiative.com, though it's it's in the process of getting updated. It needs to be updated. So easily, I mean, mostly email and contact the office in Missouri. Well, I'll also share that uh, Bob will be doing some workshops here in Indiana in the future. I know he'll be doing some things in the central district of the uh, United States Church, which is metropolitan in Annapolis. Our pleasure today has been to have uh, Reverend Barb Farr from the Missouri Conference uh, office of Congregational Excellence. And I love that term of that phrase. Uh, Congregational Excellence in Missouri, a keynote speaker here at the Indiana Andrew Conference. And uh, again, we're all about making disciples of Jesus Christ with the transformation of the world. And uh, Bob Farr has been our special guest. This is Brad Rutherford with the Hoosier United Methods.com podcast. So there you have it, our conversation with Reverend Bob Farr. I want to thank Bob for taking some time to talk with me and to share his thoughts with you through the Hoosier United Methodist podcast. And this conversation that we had had some key takeaways that I just want to put a point on with you. Bob shared with us today that the number one key to what we do in the church is the pastor. That means we who are clergy, we are pastors, have to become, if we're not already are, but we have to really be very adamant about being a missional pastor. 
think in terms of what is the language that we use, what is the the culture that we live in, what is the leadership strategies, what are the leadership skills that we need as pastors. And a second takeaway is that the time for surface-level redecoration is over with in the church, and the time for massive renovation is upon us. We simply don't have time to do anything less than that. Uh, we uh, We are sick unto death in many ways, and we have to take this opportunity before us to have restructuring and how we do worship, how we do strategy, how we do uh, uh, outreach, all kinds of things and things in terms of the missions that we have. And that all, everything's on the table. Everything's on the table. That's what I picked up from our conversation with Bob. And another, another takeaway would be just simply have to try new things. We have to try new things, even if it's uncomfortable. And yes, even if we fail, we have to try New things. Try something new. And a great example of that is what's going on right now with the 100 Points of Life program, of which over 200 churches have committed to say, hey, we're going to try something new. And, uh, of course, our conference has provided a little bit of funding for that and some leadership and coaching. And uh, I think it's a great thing that we are making the effort to try something new. He also went on to say that there are signs of hope. And the signs of hope are wrapped up in things like the 100 points of light, where many churches are saying, okay, enough's enough. It's time to try something. It's time to get out there and make things happen. And many churches are doing just that. And they are to be lifted up. They are to be uh, held up in high esteem. And they are to be pointed at as as an example of how we can uh, do church in the 21st century. So as a part of what we're talking about here, I always want to talk about some resources. And, of course, the resources that I want to share with you, with you today is, is the book Renovate or Die by Bob Farr. I would commend to you this book as a resource in your local church as he brings forth 10 practical and applicable 10 points that he thinks are crucial to the renovation of the church. Bob's got another book out there about Jesus, and he's got an upcoming book coming up about prescriptions for the church. And I would commend those to you as well. But let's focus on this book, Renovate or Die. I certainly think Renovate or Die could be used as a sermon series, certainly in a strategic planning team or even perhaps in a 10-week Bible study. And the details of how to get a hold of uh, Bob's books will be on our show notes and on our webpage, HoosierUnitedMethodist.com. A complimentary resource that's available right here in our conference is the DVD of Bob Farr's annual uh, conference keynote address. I think you can get that for around $20 from the annual conference office. Again, the details of how to get that will be in your show notes. But you might use that DVD again. Use it with your strategic planning teams. Use it in your administrative councils or boards and show them either the entirety of it or clips of it. You might even want to show a clip or two and worship uh, as an inspiration and really to light a fire under, under, under people because we need that. Actually, we need someone from the outside in many ways to kind of reflect back with us here in Indiana what's going on right here. We know it inherently, but it is sometimes it's important for us to be shown that. And so Bob, I think, does a really good job in a very direct and uh, powerful way uh, you know, he, he, he doesn't pull any punches, does he? And he, he kind of, uh, puts it right out there, what the situation is and what we can do about it. And what I love about it is some practical ap- applicable, uh, points that we can, uh, utilize right away. 
I would also share with you that uh, Bob Fire will be here in Indiana uh, in March of 2015, March 9th and 10th. He will be in the Central District in Indianapolis for a series of workshops and seminars. And this, again, might be something you might want to point to, particularly if you have a team, if you have a 100 Points of Light uh, program, an innovative ministry or worship experience that you're trying, this might be a thing to point towards your team towards that event next March, or perhaps use that as a catalytic start to get something new started in your church. Uh, just point, just refer you to that event, it's happening March of 2015. The whole idea here, of course, is to use these resources to take some action, to do something in your church, to serve new groups of people who are not presently connected to your church. And that's, of course, is our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So do something, take action, applicable, transferable principles to make use of. Well, I think uh, I want to thank Bob again for being with us. And I think that'll just about do it for this, the first interview edition of the Hoosier United Methodist podcast. Uh, Bob Farr is the Director of Congregational Excellence for the Missouri Annual Conference. We'll have his contact information in the show notes. But I really want to thank you uh, for joining in on this conversation, for being a part of this. It's been uh, a really a, a privilege, again, for to have you with us. It's my prayer that, that you will uh, do me the honor of spreading the word about the Hoosier United Methodist podcast. Please go to iTunes. You can go to Hoosier United Methodist Podcast slash iTunes, or just go to iTunes and do a search for Hoosier United Methodist to leave us a five-star rating and a review, one or two-sentence review. And if you do that, uh, we will appreciate it. We'll lift up your name or the name of your church or your ministry in an upcoming uh, podcast here. And you can also connect up with us at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Hoosier United Methodist. And, of course, uh, you can go right to the website, HoosierUnitedMethodist.com, and that's where you'll find complete show notes with uh, links and connections to the resources we've talked about here. And you might find even a, uh, some goodies, some takeaways for you to take uh, home with you. So the whole, the whole idea here, friends, is for you to spread the word. Uh, get the word out. You can uh, tweet as well, Facebook, and uh, other connections that you, you can make. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, next time on the Hoosier United Methods podcast, you are going to want, want to be with us. Our special guest next time will be Reverend Todd Alcott, who's the senior pastor of the Calvary United Methodist Church in Brownsburg. He is a prolific author, over 30 books he's written and lots of other writing he's done. His next book is called The Other Jesus. It's being released sometimes in the fall of 2014. He's also a regular columnist in the, in the Hoosier United Methodist News Monthly newspaper. Uh, but moreover, he has some really, really, really keen insights on the nature of the church today. So please be with us. That'll be Hoosier United Methodist Podcast, episode 002. Today's was episode 001. Let me leave you now with these words from John Wesley. Here's what he says. I am not afraid that the people called Methodists should ever cease to exist, but I am afraid lest they should only exist as a dead sect, having the form of religion without the power. And this undoubtedly will be the case unless they hold fast both the doctrine, spirit, and discipline which they first set out. Close quote. Some powerful insights from Mr. Wesley there. 
Until next time on the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast, this this is Brad Miller saying, go and make disciples of your world. Thank you for listening to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. We challenge you to be an active listener by subscribing and becoming a vital member of the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast community. Visit us on the web at HoosierUnitedMethodist.com and chat with other members at Facebook.com slash Hoosier United Methodist. Until next time, continue to make disciples and transform the world.